All right, so this is the first episode for The Amanda Show. I have put off doing a podcast for a long time, but we're here. We have a very special guest today and an extra special guest who I was not anticipating, <laughs> Eva Lerny, who's going to be part of this podcast and answer some questions. But number one, we have our very first guest, Mr. Dan O'Neill, my team leader, founder of the number one team on Long Island, the O'Neill team. With 300 plus transactions this year, Dan is a philanthropist, a social media king and connoisseur who has changed the landscape of the real estate industry, I would say. You are a contributor for Broke Agent Media. Um, you are also a sufferer of eczema <laughs> and the number one sponsor for Camus. So that, that thank was, you. That was like, a ve that was really good. I'm very impressed with that intro. Yeah. Thank you for writing that. Uh, that, Some, that means a, a lot. A little research goes a long way. That was really nice. Thank How you. are you today? I think Thank that was the nicest for... you've ever been to me, actually. That's a total lie. <laughs> no, that is absolutely said, not. That I've is said... the nicest. No, that was the nicest you've ever been to me. Really? I swear to God. Well, I apologize then. Well, I appreciate it. Um, so I wanted to bring you on today, number one, because you kind of introed me and were a little bit of my mentor a couple of years ago already. Um, so I thought, what better way than to do this and get you back on this podcast. Mm -hmm. um, number one, I think a lot of people have been watching you the last couple of years in real estate. Some love you, some love to hate you. <laughs> so I figured let's get into the nitty gritty. Let's see how you got started and let's answer all of the questions that people want to know. So let's do it. And we have, uh, we have Evil Ernie here. We have Evil, Evil Ernie, who is Dan's son. Um, <laughs> and he wanted to be here with his father today. <clears throat> so let's start. We'll go back to the very beginning. You mm -hmm. are a graduate of Coastal Carolina. You graduated with a business degree, correct? Uh, communications, we'll say. C communications. <clears throat> so yeah, with, a, with a minor in Spanish, <laughs> uh, something like that. <clears throat> how did we transfer from college life to real estate? Like, how did you get into real estate? Was it something you always wanted to do? No, and I feel like that's such a cheesy answer. Like, I, I hate when people say, like, I always had a passion for real estate and interior design. And, mm -hmm. you know, I always saw myself being a real estate agent. Like, that's, no, that's not true. Yeah. Um, for me, I got into the restaurant business. I didn't know what I wanted to do as a career. So I was bartending. I went from bartending to being the manager, from the manager to the GM. So I was 22 years old and I was working 100 hours a week. I was managing a restaurant that I had no business managing. And I just figured if I was putting in the time and the effort and the energy that I was into the restaurant, into my own business, I would have a lot of success. Mm -hmm. So I was really burnt out. I was tired. I was drinking a lot. Like I was really depressed. I wasn't happy with, um, with myself. And I felt like I was not reaching my potential. Like how could I help other people? How could I help my family, my parents? Um, you know, if I was just working in the restaurant business right. forever. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It just you just felt like it wasn't your full yeah, potential. And like looking back on it, I was just I wasn't myself. Like I was just in a really bad spot, and I just I, I would do anything to get out of it. So. Um, I had Cameron Cashanova. He reached out and said that his office at Weikert were having like an open house for new agents. Okay. Yeah, back in the day. Okay. And uh, so I was like, oh, well, I guess they're hiring. You know, so I just took the first opportunity and, and uh, got really lucky. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So then once you got started, I feel like a lot of people want to know because they see you now mm. as this success and you kind of just have this well-oiled machine. But what was it like in your first six months or year? What did you have to do and what did you do to establish yourself as a brand new agent? I mean, first- What were the challenges too? Tell everybody. I mean, this could be like a four hour long podcast. Yeah. Uh, first six months, I almost quit 100 times. Uh, first year, really, I almost quit 100 times. And what I really started doing was bringing my dad around as mm -hmm. like a for sale by owner. 
and pretending that he was like the buyer. Okay. Um, so that was generating a lot of listing appointments for me, which then turned into listings. I mean, at one point in time, uh, so I was with Weikert and I realized it was too far of a drive. Mm -hmm. I, I was commuting to Farmingdale every day. Right. So I'd ask them for like a satellite office. So they, they granted me one and they put me right next to a firehouse. So like every half hour, just the, the fire the, alarm goes the alarm. off, you know? So I'd be sitting there like making calls and like the alarm would be going off. So then I switched again, joined a team. And my first, my first year- It was up and down. Yeah, it was insane. Uh, and then I finally got to a point where I was like, all right, listen, you know what? If I, I think it was Memorial Day of, of my first year. If I was like, if I don't have a closing like in the next three weeks, I, I have so to- So at that point, how long were you doing it before you kind of I didn't get paid for, speed? I didn't get paid for seven months. But okay. the crazy part is I had like seven listings within my first four months. But and that the was through bringing yeah. your father to Fizbo's. Bringing my father to Fizbo's worked. I probably had about five to seven listings, but they all started having issues. So the buyers couldn't close. Deals were dying. Like, because I just I didn't know what I was doing. So I was right. getting the listings. I was selling them, quote unquote, and then they were just dying on me. So I'm like, I counted my money ahead of time. So I quit the part time job that I had. I'm like, hey, I got seven closings coming in. Mm -hmm. Let's say seventy thousand GCI. Yeah. And then five of them died, and I was sitting in Miami like. Well, I have $500 to my name. I don't know how I'm going to get home from Miami. I definitely can't go out tonight, and I'm done. Fortunately, that's how I met Andrew Russell. He wound up saving one of those deals for me. It was like a you know, $10,000 right. commission, and that kind of got me through at least the next three or four months and, and kept me in the business. So I guess what people want to know, I mean, you share this with us as your team, but so you basically just went to these houses as Fizbo's. You brought your father, and then you somehow wangled your way into their life and got them to <laughs> list with you. Correct. I don't know if I can get in trouble for that or not. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, so I mean, I mean it, it's true, right? right? My dad was at the time flipping houses, so it wasn't like a major lie. Was he looking at those homes to potentially buy to live in? Probably not. not. Okay, but uh, you had but, him in there anyway because he was yes, so, in that realm. Right, so he's in the realm, and funny story, and this is my, to this day, my mm -hmm. biggest referral partner. So what I would do is my dad has a landscape truck, and it says O'Neill and Wellishar on the truck. Yes. And so I would have him park miles down. I would pick him up, and we would go together. One day, he's running late, so he pulls up in front of the house, which I didn't know, and I'm already there talking to the client or the person. And the seller looks out the window, and like he he kind of saw already because like you know how my dad is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm shooting my dad looks like left and right, like out stop. Of his mind. He's out of his <laughs> mind. So I'm like, stop talking, stop doing this. The guy's in like the shower, running a shower head. So the, the person starts like kind of noticing. He looks out the window, sees O'Neill and Wellishar, realizes like puts two and two together, like we have the like, same name. Like, oh hey, name. this is what this is what he's kind of doing. Yeah. But I think he would have to think it's kind of ingenious at the so end of the day. So he caught me red-handed, but what happened was he respected the hustle, I guess, and like what I was trying to do so much. He gave me the listing, and I, I sold it for him in like a month. He was a detective with, uh, with Suffolk County Police Department, mm -hmm. and he gave me, I'd probably say to this day, 65 referrals. Wow. And he gave me, in my first year thereafter, like almost 20. Wow. Yeah. I mean... I, we know a little bit more of the backstory, so that's amazing, but I know that there's also other parts, like you're infamous going to sit at Insignia, yeah. you networked. I don't want people to think it just kind of came to you, because you, no. you did go out and network, you did put yourself in uncomfortable positions, and it wasn't always easy. So talk a little bit about the struggles that you faced coming yeah. into the scene where predominantly, I mean, now it's a lot of younger people, but then... Mm -hmm. It really wasn't. It's older agents. Like, how did they look at you, and what were your challenges? When I tell you that I, I disappeared for, like, three years, two and a half years, I mean, from my friends, from my family, like, I didn't go out, I didn't date, I didn't drink, I mm -hmm. didn't do anything 
every hour of every day, every weekend was like open houses. I was, I was just always doing something because number one, I didn't have any money. So mm -hmm. I couldn't do any of those things. And number two, I just, like, I didn't want to fail and let everybody down because I'd made this whole big thing, like I'm getting into real estate. Yeah, I'm so crush you wanted it. to live up to what you yeah. said you were going to do. And, and I wanted to make my parents proud because as I mentioned, like I was in a really dark place. Yeah. Um, and I know that I didn't make them proud mm -hmm. um, and I got in some trouble and whatever. Mm -hmm. So like I would go to Insignia and I didn't have any money. So I would go there and the bartender, Nikki, who still works there, I would order a club soda with a yep. lime and put in like a rocks glass. Mm -hmm. And they had like a little secret menu of like lamb chops. It was uh -huh. like 18 bucks or something like mm -hmm. that. So I, I would get that. And I knew the players in real estate through Facebook, right? Yep. So like Mike Murphy is somebody that I met there. Uh, Chris Chiranzia, a ton of people. I would literally just be sitting at the bar and, and I would hear a real estate or sell whatever, give out my and card. Mike Murphy, was. they were like singing happy birthday to his son. He'll tell the story. And I went up and I introduced myself and I'm like, hey, in a couple of years, you're gonna know who I am. So that, those are things I was doing. I was doing three open houses every Saturday, Sunday. So 11 to 12.30, 12, 12.30. Yeah, I feel like people sleep on open houses. This is why I just did a video with David last week. Mm -hmm. um, that That's one thing that if you're uncomfortable doing those things, going up to people or social media, whatever the case, open houses are such an easy way to get leads, meet yeah. people, and put yourself out there and just learn about the business, I feel like. They're, they're, they should be, the, that's honestly, in my opinion, like that should be one of the, that's the number one, you know, source of leads because people are coming there, raising their hand, saying, hey, we want to buy, we want to sell, we're looking in this area. Like those are ready to go people. The last couple of years have been tough because of, you know, the post-COVID right. open houses. Yeah, and you can't really do much. You couldn't do much with 60 people coming in, in and out. You're almost kind of, you know, it's like an Outback Steakhouse, but when there's three or four people, six people, you can build rapport with every single one of those, right. every one of them. Um, so what I what I would do is every single weekend, Saturday, Sunday, three open houses. Do the open houses, and, and I would people. and I would have my dad sit <laughs> sit outside the open house until one day finally I'm this like this man I, takes one for the team, but knows what he's doing. Yes, um, the last time I I like when I knew I had to like pivot and start doing you know the right way. Uh, so I left one open house in Port Jeff Station, and I had a condo, one of my first listings, and I mean that was my first ever listing. I got it at six. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, what was your first, like your very first transaction, the chance that someone gave you? Okay. So to finish that story, I went to that open house. And my dad was sleeping in his car. <laughs> <clears throat> so he was fired. First ever <laughs> listing I get, and I go on it uh, for a subway owner. I get it at 6%, like 6%. Insane. That's Don't insane. really know if we can talk about commissions, but That whatever. is insane. I mean, unheard of to people not in real estate like that doesn't. But yeah, so doesn't for your first time. what winds up happening is, I had to pay for, I paid my little brother, his friends, like three of his friends, myself, my dad. I rented a U-Haul and I had to clean their house out of all the stuff. And I had to rent a storage unit in Mount Sinai and bring so all the stuff there. you worked hard for it. I was there for three days. Wow. On top of that, it then took nine months to sell. Uh, nine months to sell. I did an open house there every Saturday, Sunday by myself. Cameron Castronova did it with me. Nobody ever came. And the family, and I could talk about it now because I know they'll never see this. Right. The open house was every weekend, Saturday, Sunday, from 12 to 1.30, right? They would be there. There, there was 15 people living in this two-bedroom condo. They would be there until 1.15. No. So they would be there the entire time. Just sitting on the couch. No, 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 no. They, they'd be, like, getting ready to leave. And then they wouldn't leave until literally, like, 10 minutes before the end of the open house. I did it every Saturday and did Sunday. Did people ask, like, what's going on here? Because sometimes... Nobody was showing up. No Nobody came. Nobody was showing up. But I, I had nothing. Like, I had nothing else to do. It you was my only did. listing. So, Insane. And and it finally sold nine months later. But I swear to God, I did an open house there every Saturday, Sunday, for nine months. And I feel like having 
probably your first one be the hardest one, kind of sets you up, and then everything else after that is just, not that it's easy, but when you come into the game having to work that hard, you're like, okay, you know what to expect because every deal is different and some of the deals are just like nightmares yeah. compared to others. Well, and that made me want to quit. You yeah. got to think too, like that's my first deal. I'm, I'm you're like, I need to get out. out. Yeah, like it was, my, and people don't understand that and I do a poor job of it now. Like I don't showcase that as much as I yeah. should. Um, and I wish I documented more of it. Like on my, uh, on my time hop actually, can we, can we pause this so I can show this? On my time hop yesterday, this could be actually pretty funny to show. I wonder if it's still here. Is a, is the video of that of that house closing, and and my my excitement for Insane. it. Insane. Let's go! Oh! oh my God! God, thank you. I will be at church every Sunday morning, nine o'clock. And and I had no money too. You got to think. So I'm like, I'm sitting there dead broke, like fucking praying to God that that these go through, because if they didn't, I, I would have been out. Oh God! Then I had another situation where Andrew Russell, the uh, buyer, uh, forged their like information, so they actually didn't have like, they weren't like uh, a real person, right? So no. there was like a different identity. That was like my third deal. So now we are going to flip gears. We talked a little bit about how you got into the business. I want to know, you know, how long did it take to build? I said a well-oiled machine. I mean, how long until you were confident in your business and what was the aha moment where you were like, you know what, I think I want to start a team. What was that like? How did it start? And what were your challenges there? I mean, number one, I wouldn't even call it necessarily a well-oiled machine, as, as you know. Because you're still learning. Still learning. Yeah. Going to learn every day until mm -hmm. the day that, you know, I die. You get out of this. Um, second part is when did I know to start a team or when was the aha moment? Mm -hmm. There really wasn't, but what started to happen was I was bringing on a lot of people to the team that I was on at the time, and I was doing, again, open house, you know, three open houses every Saturday, Sunday. Like, I was driving myself nuts. That's crazy. At the same time, Justin had reached out to me. He emailed me about, like, being my assistant, and I'm like, I don't need an assistant, you know? Like, but let me meet this kid. He typed out a really nice email. Like, wow. It was, it was really cool. So I met with him, and it was kind of at that point, I'm like, well, you know, we're already recruiting people. John Cariello was getting yep. his license, Jake Bureau. Um, so I was kind of just like, well, why don't we just give it a shot? And we had only, I don't really had my license for a year, so the amount of people that told me not to do it, you're a fool, you're an idiot, you don't, you don't know what you're doing. A lot of negati Discouragement negative people. Yes. Yeah. And I was just, again, same situation, like from the very beginning, the only way that you're gonna fail is if you let yourself if fail. You and I'm never gonna let myself fail. So gave it a shot. It worked out. We won Beth Page Best Team Long Island last year, and yeah, I guess I'm not gonna say anything about this year, but we'll see. Yeah, I would say like because the thing is like you have to be pretty secure in your own business because when you take other people on, number one, now you're responsible for mm -hmm. their livelihoods. So did you worry about that a little bit? Like, okay, am I stable enough to give myself to other people? Because you started with how many people? I mean, uh, it was Justin. It was he was Justin, your like OG. John, then like Jake and Alyssa, and then Bree, and and then it then it really like then you, and then it really kind of like took off, and then we did Florida. So it went from like four to like ten to fifteen to right. thirty. So compared to then, like yeah. and now, like what has changed? What are some of the things you look back on and you're like, oh my god, I would do that differently, um, or yeah. what what worked? Like kind of the process I would say of growing. to how many agents do we have now on our team? Ugh. Well, we are cutting back. Yeah, okay. uh, let's we'll yeah. just call it 25. Yeah, we'll say um, 25. There were a lot of challenges, a lot of mistakes. And the, the, the toughest part about and what people don't understand about having a team is 
like you're responsible for everybody. So if you're not having a good month or if you're not having a good year, if you're not having a good week, like that affects me. Like I, I can't sleep because I feel like I, I owe you, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I'm responsible yeah. for your for your success. Sometimes there are cases where I want people to succeed more than they want to or like that they'll be willing to put the work in. And at that point, now I've learned to kind of not take it as personal and not get so much anxiety or be upset about it yeah. because there's only so much I could control. But it's the most rewarding feeling seeing, like I think we're the only team that's had two to three people that have won top 20 under 40. Yeah. So that's you know an incredible experience. Yeah. To have John have his life changed, uh, Justin, even Bree. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing. You expanded to a completely different market, a completely different state. And John mm. is, I mean, I, we talk to John every day. I talk to John every day. He's absolutely crushing it. He yeah. went from New York, born and raised, Long Island, little mm -hmm. frat boy, to <laughs> going down south. And he literally has earned his own business and his own, own place yeah. in a state and a market where he doesn't know... Yeah. anything so and I, mean, I would say that's a testament to you too because i'm looking at it from the other side like i get panicked and i'm nervous with my own schedule with my own business but dan has to control 25 people's livelihoods yeah. um schedules you know therapy sessions so it's it's not just like you know mm -hmm. he's taking all this money and running like it's a lot of work and he gives us a lot too so i just wanted to see kind of the process yeah. of how you got here. Well, and it's and it's investing back into the business mm -hmm. too, right? Like it, the money that comes in through the team. And I think what in the beginning I made the mistake of is I was very much in production myself. Yeah. So I wasn't as much of a leader as I should have been, as much of like a CEO. Yeah, to wear both I was, hats. I was more, yeah, I was more of like, you know, just a salesperson and kind of didn't really help as much as I could have. And the good thing is though is while I wasn't the leader I was, we still had Justin, Bree, Vic. We yeah. still had a lot of people that were able to change their lives and their families' lives at the same time. Yeah. So now I feel like in the last year, I've really matured as like a business person as, and also as a salesperson so too. too. Yeah. But now I'm, I feel more confident that in looking back on it, I could say, did I give everybody the right resources and the tools? Was I there? Was, was I communicative, right? Because mm -hmm. some, sometimes I can turtle up a little bit and I don't want to communicate, right? Like that's... Well, it's hard. Yeah, I mean, you're at the end of the day, you're like a boss and a business owner. So it's not... You do HR. You do all of the things. So <laughs> yeah. it's not easy. But I will say, like, in this business, as a, a single agent, you either have it or you don't. So mm -hmm. sometimes you could spoon feed people and they're still not going to get it at the end of the day. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's having to make those tough decisions of who's really going to succeed long-term and who's yeah. not. Well, I mean, and, and you've seen it from both sides because you've been an individual agent with, yes. with a good company and you've been on the team mm -hmm. and like you like could very, very easily be out and mm -hmm. doing your own thing, but yeah. you choose to be on the team. And, and I hope, and I feel that it's because you see the vision, the culture and what we And the we're, value in it. And the value in, and what yeah. we're trying to do and, and yeah. really like changing the industry like for yeah. the better. And like everybody's going to be different, right? Some people, individual makes sense for some people. It's personal preference. It's what, yeah. it's what you get. Um, but I'm glad that you mentioned social media and changing <laughs> the landscape because I'm going to shift into something that I feel like everybody knows you for. You are like a household name for this in the Long Island real estate space. Um, so Let let's transfer that. it into social media. Okay. Were you always an avid <clears throat> social media user prior to getting into real estate? How did you get here? And did you think it would elevate to this level? You are in the Tom Ferry network. You are like personal friends with Tom Ferry. You went to the broke agents bachelor party for God's sakes. You interviewed Ryan Serhant. I think mm -hmm. you have Dave Portnoy following you. Like, how did we get to this place? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I really don't. 
I think it, it really just started from the, in the beginning of trying to be different. And mm -hmm. I always thought to myself, okay, well, if I'm going on a listing appointment and I'm going up against Brian Carp, who has 400 sales a year and his bald, beautiful head is everywhere, <laughs> how am I going to get that listing? So we came up with the idea for video as a way to differentiate ourselves, get more eyeballs on the, on the property, and it worked. And then we started doing kind of like funnier and more outlandish videos. At the same time, like Matt Leonetti, Eric, the yeah. agent, were starting to do more comedy. So it was really like myself, Matt, Eric, really kind of started adapting it, and then it just kind of took off from there. And it was working, it was selling the property, it was <coughs> you know, getting more eyeballs, getting more buyers, and, right. and then just increasing the follower count too. So now when I go on a listing appointment, even you too, yeah. we're able to say, hey, there's 300,000 views yeah. a week on this page. That's 300,000 people that are looking at your listing. And I don't have the following yet that you do, I hope one day I do, but you know, prior, I know I could say for myself before I got into real estate, I would maybe post, I would maybe post once a year. So like, mm. what was the transfer? Like, were you always a social media user or were you just like, it was like college weekends and fun stuff and ways to like meet girls. And then it just transferred <laughs> into you, like, okay, I could use this and use my personality. Were you always no, a no. camera lover? It, no, it was, it, was, it was the first part. It was uh, weekends, uh, college, girls, girls. and other things we won't mention. Yes, uh, that are now, are, they're all archived now. Um, but at the time, uh, it, it was not, it wasn't, you it know, wasn't social that. media. So you just got into this business and you're like, you know what, I'm gonna use this and my personality to mm. leverage what I have here. And because I don't really think, I mean, at that time I wasn't in real estate, but I don't think anyone was doing social media videos or anything. Yeah. So it was, it was really us three that like kind of like started the, yeah. like the humor side of it. But uh, I never would have imagined that it would have taken me to, Blown like you to said. This. Yeah. And, and again, it was also something that everybody hated on. Everybody said that. Well, they was, still do. And they still do. And, and I totally get it because, you know, there was a point in time over the last couple of years where like TikTok dances were normal and it, was, it got weird. Which, yeah. I, which I get, right? Yeah. And, and people don't understand that it's not just social media, it's social media and doing all the things, the activities that you need to be doing, like cold calling, door knocking, open houses, circle dialing, all of those things. So it's not just social media, it's, it's a, a whole ball of wax. And I think a lot of older agents, I will say agents in general, they think that you know your knowledge is kind of like clouded when mm. you're out on video, but people wouldn't know who you are if you weren't riding on horses, if you weren't jumping in pools and swimming in lakes, whatever the hell else. <laughs> um, they wouldn't even really pay yeah. that close attention. So, And the best part now, too, also is I don't even have to sell myself on these listings. So when I'm going there, I don't even need to like bring listing paperwork. I don't have to bring our, our packet. People already feel like they know me. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's done... Without, without social media and Instagram, I, I think I would still be managing uh, that restaurant. Yeah, and I will speak to all the social media haters or the people that talk, you know what, about us, Dan, whoever. When I met Dan and I got into this business, and Charles, I did not want to pick up my phone and talk on it. I thought it was ridiculous, disgusting, embarrassing. <laughs> um, flash forward now, I tell people when I'm eating breakfast, what I'm doing now, what I'm doing here. So it really just becomes a habit and I would say over the last couple months, I picked up maybe one to two or three deals a month just yep. from, or a contact, just from posting on Instagram. Well, I mean, and, and now you're a BAM creator too. You're, you're, yeah. you're working with Eric, Rogue Agent. You mm -hmm. were able to meet all them. You're connected it's to amazing. the Tom Ferry ecosystem. Yeah. People know who you are. Like, it's amazing. You're becoming a household name. Yeah. So social media really, and like I remember when we did the first podcast with Charles, like the new agent. I almost had a panic attack. Yeah, you hated it. Like, panic you, attack. You didn't want to be on it. But I mean, I feel the same way. Like mm -hmm. I have eczema. Uh, 
I was a little chubby boy for for quite some time. Like I had a, I had a quadruple chin going on. Everybody everybody has their own their own self you know like yeah. their own. Uh, There's a million reasons why you don't want to do it, and I give credit to those people, and you know agents that we see in our own company that are trying to you know get out of that mindset. And whether yeah. it's on your phone or whatever the case, like if you're trying, I give you, I give you all the credit. I agree, and, and that's like with anything too, like. People can come up with the excuses why they don't want to door knock or why they don't want to, why they don't want to cold call. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable, yeah. right? But these are all excuses, and it's the same thing with social media. And that's why I'll never hate on anybody that is that is putting in the effort yeah. and the time because they're truly trying to make a difference. They're yeah. trying to build their business or their brand to help their family, their their kids, whatever. Mm -hmm. So that's why I, I I hate when people are. So Haters. Yeah, I agree. Let's play devil's advocate. What are the things that maybe you don't like about being so public on social media? What are the things maybe you don't like about being a realtor? Well, I wouldn't say there's anything that I don't. Okay, one one thing I don't like about being in this business is that because there are so many people, there's so many agents who don't do the right thing, there is the um, perception that all agents are the same. Right. That's tough. Right. Um, I don't like the fact that some You're painted people... with one with one brush. Yeah, and, and and I understand it too because, for example, I just bought a, car, a new car and I had a horrible it's experience. Gorgeous. Thank you. Had a horrible experience at the prior dealership, so then it was kind of like I don't even want to buy a car anymore. All mm -hmm. these all these salesmen are probably the same. Yeah. So I understand the perception, right? But so that's the one thing that I I would say I don't like about the business. Yeah, I could agree with that. Yeah. And trying to change that, mm -hmm. and then what, what was the first question? And um, or is there anything you don't like about your life being oh so gosh. public? And in the in the essence, like even though I don't have as big a following as Dan, I can tell. Like if I don't post for a little bit, or if I'm like I'm having an off week, people are like, oh, you know, like where's this or where's that or I didn't see you do this this morning. And it's kind of like, it's great to like have people watching you, but at the same time, you're like, okay, like do I have to post today? Like maybe you're just off your game a little bit. Like is there any downside to it? I don't think I've ever admitted this, but. I've, I've actually begun to hate it. Yeah. Um, I've actually really, truly begun to hate it. Um, it's great because I love being able to go to my deli, you know, and have everyone say, oh, there's, there's the real estate guy. Yeah. Or, um, you know, I'm very fortunate and blessed to, to have that. But at the same time, there are, like right now, I, got, I don't want to post. There yeah. are days that I wake up that I don't want to be happy yeah. and, and on social media. Yeah. I go through ruts, like, yeah. you know, relationship stuff. Yeah. Um, it's it it like human. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, and and there's certain like there's certain things. I'm very proud of of the car that I bought, mm -hmm. right? And people don't understand that I took care of my my parents and I've helped them out, and that's not something that I share. Mm -hmm. So when they see my car, you know, they they interpret it a certain way. So instead of me being proud of my car or you're like, oh no, should I, I not post it? Should I not? Yeah, and, and I feel like it shouldn't be that way. So I, I I'm trying to work on being more just like authentic for better mm -hmm. or for worse. You know, like even like the vape, right? Like yeah. you'll see me in videos, I have my vape out. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really it, but it, it's tough. People don't people don't realize like, yeah, and I Instagram's couldn't even imagine. a highlight reel. Yeah, Instagram's a highlight reel and people need to realize that at mm. the end of the day, like there's just normal people behind the screens and behind the post. I think mm -hmm. the realer you are, people can connect with you, but it's hard because yeah. you have to worry like, oh, if I got myself this gift after I busted my ass with these deals, are people going to be like, oh, like, are they kidding? Like, what, yeah. what is that? I, and I waited three years for that. Mm -hmm. I made sure that I, my dad has a new, like, you know, yep. I'm not, I don't have to get yep. into it. But, you know, so it's unfortunate that it's that way. But that's kind of also how, like, life is. You mm -hmm. know, a lot of times people will root for you until you get to a certain point, And then, and they, then don't. they don't want to root for, you know, then they stop rooting for you, which is sad because yeah. 
I haven't changed. I'm still very, I'm so humble. I'm still yeah. the same person. It's important. I, I couldn't imagine being like, imagine like being like Justin Bieber. Like no. poor guy goes on like a date and he's just, you know, like I'm just, I'm just at like CVS, you know, God forbid. But imagine like being Justin Bieber, like you walk out of here, you know, you're just going to dinner, like on a date and there's people, pictures and shit. It's crazy. Pictures of your shoes, pictures yeah. of your face, your girlfriend, everything. Thank God. I'm, like I will never, knock on wood, I never want to be anything like that. Yeah, no. And it's funny though, because people say, they're like, oh, you want to get into acting, you want to do this. I'm like, no, I don't. No, you just want to have fun. Yeah. You want to take care of yourself, your family, right. and enjoy your job. And I think that's what we're all after. Yes. Um, so with that being said, if somebody is looking to get into real estate, a new realtor, what would you, you don't have to go crazy, you can make it short, <clears throat> what would you suggest they do? And what if they're anti-social media, what would you tell them? You, you don't have to be on social media, I, I would right. say. Um, I don't think you'll do as well if you're not. Mm -hmm. But first thing I would say if you're a new agent is to join a team or a brokerage that you'll have a mentor and somebody that can help you yeah. provide leads, provide video on social media, Absolutely. keep you accountable. I really think that you have to be on a team and you, you gotta get on video. If you don't wanna get on video, unless you have a book of business, unless you ha you're coming from another sales <clears throat> you know, position, how are people gonna get to know you, right? How, how are you Absolutely. gonna build that brand? And it's funny because you and I know people, and we're not gonna name names, but like who have adapted social media and who are on it now because they see. They see that it works. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, listen, single agent team is total preference, but if you're gonna go for a team, make sure you are getting a lot and you seek value there. I'm a social media lover, so I feel like I would say if a team is offering you that, you know, did you hate social media in the beginning? I hated, I hated being on it because I felt very weird with my 800 followers mm -hmm. going on and saying, hey, this is what I'm doing today. Like, I didn't want people from high school seeing or thinking, yeah. like, what, what is she doing? She's got no followers. Who is she talking to? Mm -hmm. Who does she think she is? But I think once I got over that hump and I realized, oh my God, like we went to Tom Ferry in Texas this past August and I had a woman run up to me across the convention center of 7,000 yep. people. And she was like, oh my God, I, I follow all your stuff. She was from that, like California, that a, that Oregon. a couple times. Yeah, and I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. like, I'm this, this little thing from Long Island and I just talk about real estate and I dance occasionally and point to things and dress up as weird characters. And you've, only, and, and you've only been doing the social media now, what, for a year and a half? Yeah, like a year and a half, two years maybe. So imagine, yeah. ima like next summit, now, yeah. now imagine what's going to happen. Yeah, let's see. I hope so. You're going to be on stage. So we're just going to say, what was, what was your peak in your pit of 2022? Meaning best point, lowest point, and then you can kind of wrap up and just say what your goals are for the team over the next couple of years. Okay. And um, where people can find you. The lowest point for me was, unfortunately, we had the first turnover ever on the team. Yeah. Um, so I tried to bring somebody up to be a leadership position while still producing, it's not a position of, of something that you can do both in. Um, like I, I don't think managers should really be able to sell at the same time, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So because of that, I uh, lost somebody that I you know, really care about and deeply mm -hmm. and lost the second person. Uh, yeah. You know, everyone's gonna know what we're talking about. So I think that was probably the, the worst for me, the most upsetting, the most, you know, that I took most personal. Yeah. The best for me was the, and I'm gonna tie this in three ways, was number one, winning the Beth Page Best Team on Long Island because we didn't even vote for ourselves, so mm -hmm. that was incredible. Second thing was all the philanthropy that we were able to do, and the third for me is, and was, being able to help my, my parents in yeah, different ways. Yeah, that's probably the best part. Yeah. Yeah. 
those would I would say would be the three best and losing, you know, the two people that we care about. Makes sense. It's awesome yeah. though. And then as we wrap up, I want you to tell people what your goals are for yourself, for the team in the next one to three years. Like where do you see this this whole thing growing and going? So right now I'm fortunate enough to be YPN president. So I, I'm looking forward to getting more involved uh, mm -hmm. and climbing the ladder with LIBOR and OneKey yep. and hopefully making a difference through NISAR, NAR, all of those yep. positions. Um, the goals for the team, want to be number one in Florida in, in the, on the West Coast pretty soon. I would say in the next year to two years. Okay. And uh, I want to continue to motivate, inspire, give back, and uh, have us continue to be the number one team on Long Island. Amazing. Yeah. And then where can people find you if they want to look no, at your videos? Nowhere. 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 I don't want, no, okay. no more, I don't want anyone. They have to send a carrier. Yeah, them, send, a, send, send a raven. <laughs> well, what about you? What, what about you? What are your, what, what, what's your, what's your goal for this year? What is my goal for this year? I already know it because I saw your business plan, but let's put it out there for public accountability. My goal for this year, I mean, I think I want to get to a point where I am sustainable in myself but like you I think everyone I mean I hope if you're not selfish I want to help my family I want to you know pay off all my my loans and all the things and just be comfortable and be able to help other people um, also very excited to have been elected to the YPN board so I want to get more involved in the real estate community as a young professional see how we can make a difference um, and just you know grow in my business but also be able to help those around me I would say is is my goal. Well, I think you're already so. doing that, and I think you don't even realize it. And I will end it. It's your podcast, so I, I won't yep. end it. But I will end my Capital. portion on this. I'm very proud of you. Thank you absolutely you. crushed this podcast. And thank you, Dan. I, yeah, thank I'm you for being my you. first guest and for all the opportunities. So salute. Continue watching, and thanks.